0: Welcome to the Dale Lally Show here on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. I am Dale Lally, your host, and we're going to be talking a little Steelers football here as the team gets ready to open up. It's uh, well, it's open. It's, it's just finished. The, the Steelers just finished segment two of their OTA program on, on Thursday. They wrapped that up. Uh, they'll be back on the football field Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday next week for session or what is referred to as the third part of their OTA sessions. That'll be a three-week program uh, and that will lead them into the mandatory mini camp. And need to remind everybody that OTA sessions are completely voluntary. That is written into the, into the CBA. Uh, in fact, 20 years ago, there was no such thing as an OTA session. Those didn't exist. Uh, the team would would see the players at the end of the year. They would leave, and you wouldn't see them again until minicamp. And then, you know, late in the '90s, uh, the, the teams, uh, the the CBA, uh, NFL added uh, these OTA sessions, so teams would have a better idea, better opportunity to see guys uh, work out. They could write that into their contracts. You know, if you showed up at a certain number of OTA sessions you then uh, re- were rewarded for that in your contract. Maybe it's a bonus, uh, you know, $100,000, whatever it might be, a workout bonus, things of that nature. When you see a workout bonus in a contract, it's usually tied into these uh, OTA sessions. Uh, I know a lot of people are going to make a big deal. Well, is Stefan it going to show up or stuff Stefan it, not going to show up? Doesn't matter uh, if he shows up or not. That's his decision. Same thing with Deontay Johnson. Um, we've seen that Minka Fitzpatrick has been at some of these OTA sessions. It's up to the player. And I'd like to remind people, I do this all the time, I remind people, Troy Polamalu never came to OTA sessions. He worked out on his own in California. That's what he chose to do because these things are optional. Um, You know, that's just the reality of the situation. They are not a mandatory thing. Nothing becomes mandatory for the Steelers in 2022 until – uh, mini camp in June. If you don't show for that, then you're, then you're, you know, open to fines and things of that nature. So don't read too much into this. you know, whether Stefan to or Deontay Johnson are at OTA sessions, doesn't matter a hill of beans in in the grand scheme of things. I wrote about the two situation again. And once again, I was deluged with, they just need to cut and move on. They need to know what's going on. Folks. I you, the Steelers, know what is going on with Stefan it I guarantee you, they do. You just don't know. And so they're not going to satisfy your curiosity or my curiosity about this whole situation. I have asked every time we have had a, a, an opportunity to speak to Kevin Colbert or speak to Mike Tomlin or speak to Art Rooney this offseason. I have made it a point to ask about Stefan Tuitt and the, the situation with Stefan Tuitt. And every time I've been told that they are optimistic, that they expect, uh, you know, they, they, that Tuitt wants to play in 2022, and they're optimistic about it. What more do you need to hear regarding the situation with Stefan Tuitt? The team has made no moves on the defensive line to go get somebody, to replace onto it, And no, a third round pick on DeMarvin Liao is not that. That was just something that needed to be done. They need to continue to get younger at that position and more talented at that position. Build the depth because Hayward, it and Aluolu are all getting up in age. But just because the Steelers aren't coming out and saying one way or the other yes Stefan 2 is going to play or Stefan is not going to play doesn't mean that they don't know what's going on nobody knows better than them what's going on with Stefan It. they've spoken to him they've spoken to his agent they know the situation they're just not sharing it with us because they don't want to make a big deal out of this out of respect for Stefan It. Now, at some point, if Stefan Tuitt does, in fact, come back, which I believe he will, he's going to answer the questions about everything, and then it'll be done. But they, for by every and all intents and purposes, they are showing us that they expect Stefan Tuitt to come back and play this year because they didn't make a move there. Teams show you what, what their thoughts are. Even if they don't say it, they show you what they're thinking by the moves that they make. The Steelers have plenty of salary cap space this year. They still have salary cap space. They could have signed a veteran defensive lineman. They did not do so. What does that tell you? They expect Tyson Alu-Alu and Stefan Tua to be back at full strength in 2022. Can't reiterate that enough. So you're wanting to know what's going on with Stefan Tua it means nothing. They don't owe you an explanation on that. Quite frankly, Stefan Tuit doesn't owe us an explanation on what happened with him last year. We don't need to know that. He knows you know, it, it, it's it, there is some personal privacy here. There has to be. You know, you've got players now sitting out seasons. Uh, you know, for mental health and things of that nature. Guys have quit the game over things like that. This is not 1972. It's not even 1982. Society's in a different place right now. So you know just take this for what it is let the thing play out. The Steelers know what's going on with Stefan toett. I guarantee you they do. I guarantee you that they know what's going on with him. They're just not telling they're just not telling us. And they don't owe us that explanation. It always used to kill me whenever there was a big story uh, with the Steelers. And all the local TV stations or the local radio stations would send their intrepid news reporters down there and demand answers. This isn't government. They don't owe you answers for these things. NFL teams lie. That's the reality of the situation. And there's no repercussions for it. You can get mad about it. Yeah, they lie about their intentions all the time. Every team in the league does. But you watch what they do with their actions, and their actions can't lie. They can't. If they thought Stefan Tuitt was not going to come back and play, they would have addressed that position more than they did. But they didn't. So take that for what it is, folks. That's the reality of the situation. We'll talk about the Minka Fitzpatrick situation when we return. I am Dale Lolly. You're listening to the Dale Lally Show here on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. Uh, you can, of course, uh, listen to all of our shows here on the network. Give us a like, uh, give, give us a mentions, uh, whatever you, you want to do that. Uh, we appreciate it. It helps us out here on the shows, gets us uh, more vi- uh, listenership. We also appreciate that. Um, but I'm going to take a break and I'll be back with more. Welcome back to the Dale Lally Show here on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. I am Dale Lally, your host, and let's talk a little bit about Minka Fitzpatrick's situation. Uh, I, I wrote about this a little bit in today's Friday Insider, and I did want to talk about this situation. Um, people were trying to compare the Minka Fitzpatrick situation uh, going into his his uh, 50-year option year to that of TJ Watt. And here's why I don't think that they're necessarily the same. TJ Watt last year, uh, his $10.089 million dollar salary would have made him the 15th highest paid edge rusher in the league. But that would also have been less than half the money guys like Miles Garrett and Joey Bosa were making. Less than half. They're both making 20, you know, 25 million dollars. Uh, you know per season over the length over the length of their their contract so when you look at that uh, that put tj Watt 15th in terms of salary for edge rushers in 2022 for a guy who was coming off a second place finish in the defensive player of the year of the year uh, voting who had, was coming off a third place finish the year before that so he t- was a two time finalist for defensive player of the year and he was only going to make 10.89, 10.089 million, and was be compensated as the fifteenth guy at his position. If you look at Minka Fitzpatrick's situation, he's going to make ten point six million dollars this year on that fifth-year option. That makes him the eighth highest-paid safety in the league. And the difference is, is that the top compensated guy is making seventeen million. So Minka Fitzpatrick's over half of that total. So that's why I think you've seen him at all the OTA sessions. Uh, if you if you keep an eye on the, the the pictures that the the Steelers have put out on those, uh, I expect him to be there next week. He's not going to hold out. And and people saying, well, what if what if Minka Fitzpatrick, Deontay Johnson hold out? This isn't five years ago, folks. Nobody is holding out in the NFL anymore. The reason why the new CBA pretty much outlaws it. In years past, if you held out, if you skipped mini you skip mini camp or you skipped OTA or I'm sorry, skip minicamp or training camp, teams could fine you, but they typically, when the player signed the new contract, which always almost always happened, would waive those fines. The that would be one of the things that the that the the agent would work out. Well, you find our player a hundred thousand dollars for skipping, you know, these seven, the first seven mini uh days of of, of training camp. Uh, as part of the new deal, how about you waive that? And teams would just do it. Okay, we got things done. It's a good faith move. Now you can't do that. As part of the new CBA, you get fined $40,000 a day for skipping minicamp or training camp if you are under contract. And both Minka Fitzpatrick and Deontay Johnson are under contract. And the big thing about that is the new CBA makes that mandatory. You can't waive those fines. They are mandatory. So you can't skip. That's why we saw hold-ins last year instead of hold-outs. Now, you could come to an agreement like T.J. Watt did where I'm going to be here. I'm going to work out on the side, but I'm not going to do any team drills or or I'm not going to do any on-field drills, uh, you know, 11-on-11 or anything like that because I don't want to get hurt. I'll do the the individual drills and those kind of things, and I'll run on the side when you guys go 11-on-11. That's a possibility. But I expect that Minka Fitzpatrick will get that deal done. Um, Again, they still haven't had any negotiations with that, but those will start to heat up here after they get the rookie draft class signed and a new GM hired. And I expect a new GM to be hired probably by the end of this month, if not early into June. They'll want to have that wrapped up before their minicamp is done. And the reason for that is once once minicamp is over, everybody goes. That's when they that's when the NFL takes their vacations in those four or five weeks in between the end of mini camp and the start of training camp. So that, that the Steelers are going to want to have that done. But Miko Fitzpatrick's not going to miss anything of of note. And again, if Deontay Johnson doesn't come to OTA sessions, that doesn't mean he's sitting at home eating bonbons or Cheetos. He's working out because he wants to get paid. That's the reality of the situation. That's how this whole thing works. But they get angry because a guy doesn't show up at a a non-mandatory training session. If the NFL wants to make these guys to show up at these things, make them mandatory. Otherwise, I don't want to hear anything about it. Again, Troy Polamalu never came to these things. Ever. One year he came and it was noteworthy because, because Bill Cowher asked him to hey, we need you to come this year because uh, we, we have some turnover here. And he came. And then every other year after that, he just he just didn't come because he worked out on his own. So, you know, if these guys don't come, if they do come, it doesn't matter. It really doesn't. These are, these are for the young guys, for the most part. Cam Hayward could skip every one of these things. They're not doing anything new with Cam Hayward. Tyson and could can skip every one of these things. Now, it's nice that these guys do come. It's nice that some of those, you know, your team leaders do think that it's necessary that they be there. And for a lot of times, these older guys, they want to be there because they know they're getting near the end. And they want to milk as much time out of this as they can. They don't want to skip anything. That's the reality of the situation. But don't get too fired up one way or the other. If this guy is not at OTA sessions or that guy is, doesn't mean anything. All you really want to keep keep track of is, does anybody get hurt? at OTAs. That's the big thing because you don't want that to happen. You don't want guys going out there and getting injured during OTA sessions. This is when your team looks the best that it could be right now. Nobody's taking any hits. So anyways, I'll be back next week to talk about what goes on in this first week of OTA sessions. Um, we'll give you a rundown of everything that, that's happening there. And, of course, you can follow uh, all along with, with all of our stories here on DK Pittsburgh Sports. We'll have everything covered here for you. Of course, you can also listen to our Pirates podcast, our Penguins podcast, all that good stuff. We, we try to keep you updated on all things Pittsburgh sports. Give us a like, uh, get, you know, make some mentions, uh, give us a re, uh, replies and the mentions, all that kind of good stuff. We do appreciate that as it helps the shows along. But that's going to do it for today's Dale Olley show here on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast. I'll talk to you next week.